0: On today's episode of Travel Evolved, we're going to talk about your role as a traveler. Guest Angela Krupp joins me on today's episode, and we're going to go over what it's like to walk into a facility with the proper attitude as to understanding what it is that you're there to do, and more importantly, what you're not there to do. Angela has a unique kind of idea that she feels has worked really well for her, and we're going to talk about it today on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I'm excited about today. We've got our guest, uh, Angela Krupp, is going to be joining us. Um, Angela is a you know seven and a half year veteran. ER traveler. Uh, Angela has been traveling for four and a half years. She's done 11 assignments. A lot of times she has been asked to extend, and she's worked at some places um, all over the country. I mean, really and truly, Yale. I've got some stuff here, uh, obviously, Banner Desert, Dysinger, Johns Hopkins. She's worked at some pretty well-known established facilities and has been repeatedly asked to extend. You know, sometimes this day and age, travelers have, I think, I don't want it to sound the wrong way, but it's not that we've forgotten our roles. It's we forget sometimes as travelers, I believe, as to what it is that we're doing and why we are doing what we do. And that is making the kind of money we're supposed to be making and what our role is around that. Especially this last year, a lot of new travelers have jumped into our industry that have a kind of a unique perspective on what they think travel is all about. Today, I'm going to invite Angela on board this to talk a little bit more about what she has experienced and her attitude and her perception of what a traveler is supposed to be there for and how it really works for her because what she has found is her attitude going into an assignment has really lent itself to understanding her role having it work really well for that facility, being there for that facility, and then getting out of there unscathed without all the politics and the you-know-what that goes along with it. It's allowed Angela to fulfill all of her assignments, not be terminated early, and also allowed her to be, like I say, extended repeatedly. And she's got places where she can go back to nowadays because she's done such a good job with them. And it all has a lot to do with her mental state that she goes into an assignment, understanding her role as a traveler and why she is there. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, Again, I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank everyone for subscribing to our page. We're getting a ton of people uh, that have been adding on to this, much more so than anything we've ever done before. So it is going really well. Again, if you have just found us, definitely go to our YouTube channel. If you're not already on there watching us, click the bell so you get notified on new episodes like this one. And if you're listening to us on your podcast, just subscribe to it so that you're, you're following it or whatever the, your podcast platform calls it. That way, once again, as we do new episodes, uh, you're going to be notified. We're going to get to a little bit more than one a week, as I've always said, and that's the general idea. Uh, but we're going to mix it up. But I love I love today's topic, your role as a traveler. It is um, I just think it's something that sometimes gets lost. And again, as I've always said, on Travel Evolve, we're gonna just talk about things. Sometimes we don't really have an answer, or but again, this is an opinion piece, and I think what I have learned in 21 years of being in this industry is that the better head you have, the more clear your mental state is going into assignment, the more you're preparing yourself for what that assignment's gonna be like, and what your role is as a traveler, the more fulfilling it can be and the more you might get out of it and the more that you're going to understand what your role is and of course again what we're going to talk a lot about today with Angela is what your role isn't and I think that's just every bit as important as as it is uh, you know to, to understand what you're supposed to be there for so without further ado I'm going to switch microphones here and we're going to go oops let's do it this way that's not going to work I'll go like this and we're going to come over here and we're going to talk to Angela let me pull her up and we're going to say hi to Angela and she's gonna give us her opinion, so here we go. Hey Angela, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark, how are you? Um, it's 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 a good day today, it's a good day today, so. Yes it is. I, I love our topic today, I think this is a good one. I, I, the, I guess what I'll start off with on this is that this is a topic that, there's no way I could do this without you. I can't talk intelligently about what it's like to be a traveler. I've been doing this for 21 years, but as you know, yeah there's a limit to what I can offer in, in Travel Evolved and what I'm able to, to, you know, give to our audience. So I love this topic because I think it's one that, I mean, people just don't talk about this. And this is what we yeah. want to do on this on this show and that sort of thing is talk about things that are, I guess, things that we should talk about that help the industry, but also are just having that communication, having that discussion that whether people are unwilling to or just, you know, where's it going to come from? Yes, it's going to come right. from one traveler to the other, which is really what this is for. I'm going to be the... The interview on this one for sure but this is something where I think what we're gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about today I think is is just dynamite with regard to I guess how to become and evolve your travel game and to become a, a better traveler in, in your opinion this is a, a big part of it so let's let's right. jump right in and we're gonna talk about because again the name of this this episode is called your role as a traveler and you have been as as I mentioned just a few seconds ago you've been a traveler for four and a half close to five years now you've done a ton of assignments and some really uh, high-end facilities, some very uh, notable facilities. and uh, you've, you've kind of cut your teeth and sharpened your teeth in some pretty wild areas. So yes. let's let's just jump right in. Tell, tell us what you know kind of where you' where you're going with this and, and why you believe that that talking about how you should kind of act and what your role is as a traveler would be so beneficial for our audience.
1: Well, I think there's two types of travelers. You have your very seasoned travelers, experienced travelers, those of us who have been out there doing this a while and we learned everything kind of the hard way. And you have some new travelers out there coming into the industry and really don't know what to expect. Um, They're coming from a staff hospital where they're used to things being a very certain way. Um, Kind of what I like to say, nice and comfortable.
0: Right. There's a ton of them out there right now, isn't there? A bunch of new travelers, especially in the last, what, year, I guess you'd say? Just jumping in because of their opinion of what travel would be like so i think this is really poignant that we're talking about a lot of new travelers which is uh, just seem to be uh, I, the first time in my history i can remember this many brand new people jumping into the travel game so to speak
1: yes and one of the things i always say when even staff members ask me about traveling and things like that is i always say if you can be comfortable being uncomfortable you'll be a good traveler Right. because you have to be comfortable going into very uncomfortable situations and scenarios, not knowing what you're getting into, what the hospital is gonna be like, what the staff is gonna be like. So if you can be comfortable being uncomfortable, you'll do well.
0: It's a really, really good point. It's uh, a lot of people that, are, that have, I, I think most, and I, I know you're, you're an RN, so you're a nurse, we'll talk nursing, but I think it really applies to all allied professionals. Well, I think a lot of people have, have I, I don't think you could be in healthcare without considering travel because it sounds so sexy so lucrative it sounds like you know like footloose and fancy free but i i think you're hitting a nail on the head i think there are a lot of people that you know their personality is such that they don't like to be out of their comfort zone they want to be feel you know feel good especially when you're dealing with patient care and potentially where where your role is and your specialty is it's obviously very important but i think it's a really good point just to bring up for those folks that are kind of thinking about putting their big toe into travel that if you are along the, the the mind frame that you don't like to be out of your comfort zone, you, this might not quite be what you might be thinking it is.
1: Yes, and a lot of people travel for different reasons. You know, a lot of people like just the travel part of it, to be able right. to go and see the country and explore on their days off. Um, I had a very kind of different approach to it. I looked at it from a perspective of I wanted experience. And when you're on staff somewhere, you only ever learn that facility, those doctors, those nurses, and it, you know, it kind of just gets very typical day right. in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, not that healthcare every day isn't challenging <laughs> because it is, sure. but I wanted the experience of different facilities. Every facility does things slightly different, every facility does things really well. They also have things that they do not so well. And yeah. as a traveler, seeing that, you realize how much we are, you know, from facility to facility, how very similar and yet how very different they are from one another. But um, I wanted the experience and that was my reason for doing it. So that also kind of dictated the types of contracts that I took. I was looking for contracts where there would be pretty much what I called guaranteed overtime. It was a facility that was in such need of staff or travelers coming in that I would typically work sixty hours a week.
0: Wow. is that is that was that mostly financial or was it more for experience gain? A little of both. What's what was the thought behind it, wanting to work those extra hours all the time?
1: My thought was I wanted to be able to go in and help that facility, help those what I called my fellow nurses, even though they weren't my work family from a facility that i've you know been on staff with i still looked at them as colleagues they are fellow nurses you know so i wanted to be able to go in and really help them i knew they'd be burnt out they'd be stressed they'd be overworked and i could come in as a fresh face as a fresh body and say hey guys i'm here to help you know, so you were, what, it was really
0: more about the facility being in dire straits, more so than it was anything personal or wanting just to right. get that extra hours. I'm sure, the experience was also going to be helpful, but for you, you were looking for a facility that was that was like we're in trouble and we're right. we're turning patients away and this is not going well. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I can go in and, and help that ED manager potentially to give give their his or her staff some some great relief. Yes. Gotcha. So
1: that in turn, of course, you know, drove my perspective on everything i knew that i wasn't going in as part of that facility family you know and i think that's one of the things that some new travelers might not really understand i think they would look at it as potentially going in and just being welcomed and you know those open arms and oh i've got this work family and it's really not a lot of times as those of us who are seasoned travelers have found out you're the outsider, yep. you know um they can be very tough on you, you know, <laughs> right. and... yeah, I've done
0: some things on bullying and that it's such an interesting concept and i think I think there are a lot of folks that and I'm just I'm just I, that's why I love this topic so much because I think I've seen in in the number of years that i'm here i've 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 had travelers tell me that you know gosh, their feelings were hurt, they're offended because they weren't you know being treated as part of the family, and your stance on this is. You're not really supposed to. You're there to, right. to do your job and to in this case, help the community. Certainly by you know through helping that facility get get to the patient care that which they're looking for. So that family thing, it's it's so funny because I really you have seen it. I'm sure you've seen it whether it's social media or somewhere. People they'll they'll get their their feathers in a in a in a bit of a, a yes. tussle because they they weren't they weren't treated like that family thing that we talk about. Right. And and that's it's it's to me. I I, just, you know, I completely agree with this. I'm sure there are people that don't. But I think that you're right. If you're going into this with your eyes open saying, I'm here to do a job and I'm going to get paid, hopefully lucratively and and appropriately to do this, to help this facility out in this time of need and only in this time of need, I I think you're starting off the assignment with the right mental frame.
1: Yes. And as you said, not everybody's going to agree with certain perspectives or approaches, and you will find what works for you. I have learned that perspective is everything on both sides, how I look at it and how they look at it. I've also learned that, you know, presentation can change perceptions. Right. Um, I know one particular assignment I went in with two dozen donuts in the morning. And I walked in and I said, hey guys, I'm Angela, I'm your new traveler. I'm here to help you out. And it just, you know, that little gesture. Yeah. Just kind of seemed to disarm everybody. And they're like, wait, wait a minute, who's this? You know, she's bringing us donuts, you know? And it just kind of starts- She's making all the money
0: so she can afford the donuts, right? Right. (laughs) You know, That's maybe what they think about as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I just looked at it as if a simple little gesture like that can kind of change their perception and their kind of direction towards me then it it was worth it because ultimately for me that makes my assignment better if i'm getting along with that staff if you know if we ha- if we build a good rapport things are going to go much more smoothly and so that's the approach i've always tried to take with every one of my assignments is let them know like i'm here to help you you know um because one of the things as a traveler again a seasoned travelers have learned you're going to get the crappy assignments they're going to throw things on you to try to make you struggle you know they're going to test you they want to see if you're really who you are and you know what you are and it's just the nature of the game you know, yeah. and you have to be you, prepared for
0: that. Would you consider that attitude? I've had people say that that's almost kind of like a borderline bullying, and I, I, I know that word kind of drives me nuts. Bullying seems to be our go-to word in this decade, the last couple of decades. We use it for everything. You can't actually say something controversial without being considered a bully, but I've had travelers tell me that they feel that the patient like dumping or even the type of patient or the amount or the, the, the acuity of that patient can oftentimes be considered as you're being bullied or dumped on as a traveler, do you feel that way when when a facility hands you a, a tough load or a, a difficult patient?
1: I can certainly see why, you know, people would feel that way. Um, again, I go back to perspective. I always looked at it as even if you're if you're hired on staff, you still have to prove yourself to a certain degree. You know, you have to prove that you can do the job you're gonna say you do. Now, as a traveler, you're being hired basically by a piece of paper. They don't know you. You know, most times it's a five minute phone interview and that's it. They don't see you in person. All they're looking at is who you are on paper. So I always felt I did kind of owe it to them to, to show them what I was capable of that, who they saw on paper is who they're really getting in person.
0: Right. It's almost kind of like an opportunity, I guess you could say, to, to prove yourself. And I think you're, you, that's a really good point. It's unless the opportunity presents presented itself, people don't really know what they have in you. If you are right. actually given a difficult patient and you can say, here's why you brought me on board as to all the other candidates that potentially were being put in front of the position for consideration, Right. maybe I looked the best on paper, like you said, or maybe the five minute conversation you had with that ED director, went better than anybody else's, who knows? But you're right, it's probably mostly on paper. They've probably right. made their decision, but it's an opportunity, I think, if you take a, a tough patient or you show them that this isn't gonna frazzle me or phase me, then they're going, wow, You know, this this gal really knows her stuff and she can handle it. And I'm sure it also gains respect of, kind of like with the donuts, but differently, mm-hmm. it gains respect yeah. of that staff almost instantly that you you can handle your stuff, which Again, if you're if you're not a traveler, that can do that. Maybe this you know take some baby steps. But I think that's that's a really great. It's, I call it an opportunity to be able to show them show them what you can kind of do, so to speak.
1: Right, and one so of the not, key. I'm sorry. One of the okay. key components to that too is also knowing who you are as a nurse, what you are capable of, and you have to be able to stand up for yourself because there there have been assignments where. Yes, it does get to that point of where I would consider it, you know, bullying or, you know, patient dumping or whatever. Um, In the beginning, you know, I know that that staff is tired. I know they're looking for the break. So for me to take the harder patients isn't a big deal for me. Um, But I also know what my limit is. And I'm not afraid to stand up and protect myself and my license and say, you know, I need help. You know, I can't do this right now with this patient load, you know, and every department is different. I happen to work emergency room, both pediatric and adult. So you kind of have to have a blind trust in your fellow co-workers in the ER. You have to know that they've got your back because if you're with a patient that's, you know, really going downhill and all of your time is being focused on that patient, you kind of need to know that you're... Your fellow nurses that you're working with are gonna keep an eye on your other patients. You know, um, right.
0: So it's also it's not necessarily telling them what you can do. It's also telling them what you can't do and what you right. what you don't what you don't right. feel comfortable doing. Which I think is just like you said, is every bit as important. You don't yeah. have to be a superhero, but you have to be able to say, I can handle this. this is why you hired me but this is this is out of my realm of, of practice i haven't dealt with this age group potentially or who knows right. what it might be you you are pediatric so that doesn't affect you you're the uni- you're the unicorn right
1: <laughs> and so. if if you present everything in the right way they're going to respect you for that you know they're they're not going to look down on you and because you came to them and said hey look right now with this assignment i'm drowning and i need mm-hmm. some help you right. know this is becoming an unsafe situation. I don't want it to affect the patients or their care or this facility. So I need some help. And if, if it's all done in the right attitude and the right framework, they're not gonna you know, look down upon you. They're gonna respect you for speaking up.
0: I, I think you're right. I, I mean, again, I, that's, I'd like, I'd like, that's like that in any business. And nowadays it feels like people feel like they have to be everything and they're so worried Riff. about not being that way. And I'm, I'm just comparing this to just internal staff that I have mm-hmm. you know, here at my company. It's like, I, I oftentimes find people, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. And then they're swamped or overloaded, projects aren't getting done, and you're like, what's going on? Well, I yeah. I bit off more than I could chew. And I, I, again, microcosm compared to what you guys are dealing with on a patient care level, but it's the same kind of concept is that you have to, as a, as a human, as, a, as an employee, and as a healthcare provider, you have to be able to say what you can and can't do. Right. And I guess that kind of leads ourselves into a little bit of the of the the rest of kind of this whole, what you're there for. And that was, I, I imagine that, that schedule and filling in and, and taking, whether it's holidays or taking shifts mm-hmm. on, on weekends, or, or in your case, maybe high volume times when the ER is mm-hmm. busier, that's probably goes along with the territory, I would imagine.
1: Yes. And one of the things I've learned is facilities don't want a lot of demands. They already have an entire staff that they're trying to juggle. And if you're coming in as a traveler and saying, well, I only want to work these days and I need vacation time here. And I only want these hours. They're just going to look at you and just say, you know what? I need another candidate because it's too much. It's too overwhelming for them. They're trying to run a department and they're having you come in because they're short. Right. They need the help, so they're not looking for somebody who is gonna out of the gate tell them all the hours and times that they can't work. They just want to know that you can be there to work to to help them out. And so, when I hear a lot of you know travelers saying, "Well, I demand this and I demand that," <clears throat> you may not always get the contracts that you want because right. they don't want that responsibility.
0: I, mean, I guess it. My opinion would be, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, I would almost think it'd be helpful and beneficial as a traveler to be upfront about those. If you do, in fact, have some demands, mm-hmm. whether or not it's a schedule or you've made some big, strong commitments, a wedding or who knows what, or right. I know a lot of travelers, I've got some currently right now working for me that actually teach. And they've got certain commitments on the side that they have certain right. days off. Knowing that up front may mean, yeah, you might be passed over for the position, but it's probably going to cause you less controversy if you try to keep that to yourself and then talk about it with a manager when you get there, which I think is a probably a big no, no.
1: Right. And, you know, of course, in our industry, you can write things into contracts. Like you said, if you know that there's something specific that's been planned, that's, you know, that's fine. And most places are willing to work with you. I kind of always looked at it as what I called, you know, like the, the princess dream list, you know, right. that you, you're not willing to do anything, you know, you only want to work what you want to work and that's fine. Again, nothing wrong with that. But when you hear the chatter out in the communities on Facebooks and everything like that, you know, well, I don't understand why this was a problem or why they thought that I was asking too much. And it's because they're overwhelmed on their side, too. You yeah, know,
0: that's true. I think that's that's a that's a thing that a lot not all, not all, but there are a number of travelers that do kind of think and this is kind of what the whole gist of our conversation is that that they are. They forget their role as the traveler. And again, I've I've been I'm a dinosaur in this industry, as as I've well documented here. I've been doing this for a long time. And I've watched the industry change where it was very, very few people were traveling, making a huge amount of money. Then obviously it became and I just think it has to do with a lot of the just the staffing ratios getting more and more out of whack for obvious reasons. But it's become, I think you're right, where there's a, a good amount of travelers that don't That feel like they want to come in and just be part of staff and be treated as if they're staff, and you see it. and And I think you and I would agree. I love the idea, but what you have found and what you told me was that your your attitude and your approach to an assignment has really worked well for you to keep Mm you. I mean, I, I know you've been extended a ton of times. You and I have never worked together. You've never worked with me or vice versa. I've never worked for you, but you've been extended a ton of times at some really tough facilities some high volume facilities with high volume er's and to me that speaks volumes that you have found out for you the kind of secret formula of the mental attitude of how to approach an assignment and your role as a traveler in that assignment
1: right and you know there were there were plenty of um assignments that I had where I was even asked to come on staff. And it's a huge compliment. It's a huge compliment for them to ask you to extend or to come on staff with them. Um, And in many of these contracts, I have built some great friendships with the staff that I worked with, um, which is always wonderful. And, you know, I keep in touch with them and keep them updated on what's going on. And it's not that you can't make friends; you can absolutely do that. But I think it's again keeping in mind exactly what your role is while you're there. You know, right?
0: No, I, I, that you don't makes have sense. To
1: take away from anything.
0: Now, that really, that really makes sense. I think it's it's a uh, it's everything you were talking about. It's the whole the whole concept of going in with the right frame of mind. To me, is. While again, I know there's going to be people out there that disagree with what we're saying, but I think that it lends itself to a more professional approach, mm-hmm. more credibility. You are there, and again, if people really think about how this whole industry was created, it was created due to a necessity for Correct. a variety of reasons. So when you're taking the approach of, I am there to fill that necessity. And I'm only there for that. And you take your, I guess, for lack of a better word, you're you're taking your ego out of the equation. And you're saying, I I know I've got to prove myself to this particular staff. I've never worked with them before. I've got a lot of things to show them. But at the end of the day, I'm going to show them they hired the right traveler, because I'm here to help the facility to, in in your case, get, get people in and out of the ED, either back home or upstairs, wherever the case may be, as fast as you can, so that you can get that volume going. And, and get patients care taken care of quickly.
1: Correct. And, you know, it's like anything I've always said, if it's, you know, sounds too good to be true, it probably is, you know, right. and as we've seen over the past year, you know, a big surge into traveling because of the COVID rates and things like that. And that wa- those weren't the rates we saw before, no. not even close, you know, and so for, my advice would always be think about that. Think about is this really this good? You know, because there is a very difficult side to traveling. There's a very kind of dark side to traveling, even at times. And those of us in the industry who have done it and have continued to do it know that and know what it's like. You give up your family, you give up your friends, you give up your home. And you know, sometimes gone. I was gone for over two and a half years before I came back to my home for any extended period of time of more than a week. That That's right? a long time to be away from home and family and friends. It you is. know, and but it can be just as rewarding.
0: One, and, one of the things you touched on a couple of minutes ago, you you mentioned that you'd made a bunch of friends at the facility, and I I think that for me. What you're saying, and I just want you kind of, to kind of comment on this, is that just because you're going in with the attitude of, I understand what my role is as a traveler, and I am here to be professional. I'm not really here to get involved in the cliques, the cliches, all the, the, the politics that are going on potentially behind the scenes at that facility. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't walk out of that assignment with some really remarkable exactly. lifetime, long-term friendships and relationships, I guess
1: exactly one of the positives of being a traveler you don't have to get into the politics you don't have to get into that mix and all of that that you get caught up in the day-to-day but you can still go in and make friends with those people and you know see them afterwards and do things with them afterwards and go out to breakfast i happen to be a pretty much a strictly night shift nurse you know so it's breakfast in the morning after shift and hanging out with them and doing things at their homes and with their friends and their family. So yeah, you can absolutely still make friends and still make great connections, even with management. You know, I've made Was that a
0: lot, did that that take a while to learn how to walk that fine line? I would imagine that people that are listening and watching us may may struggle with that. I I know I probably would. I, I think that's just human nature and that's the way with any business, is you want to be friends but you also you know don't want to cross that line was that a difficult i guess did that come naturally to you did you learn that over the course of your of your travel experience
1: that's something that happened to come very naturally to me um i tend to be you know an outgoing person and somebody that can just easily talk to people and laugh and for me again especially working er you have to find the good and the positive and things you have to be able to laugh and so what i do is try to bring sort of that lightheartedness and that fun to work you know and when they start to see my personality coming out you know it kind of puts them at ease and and then the the relationship just starts to develop naturally after that you know and i don't look at it as i'm only here for 13 weeks and then our friendship is done Right. You know, just Could because be. I'm only here <laughs> for a short time doesn't mean right. we can't continue. You know.
0: Yeah, you said so, a lot with that. With the the laughing thing, I, I've always said that our our industry is bizarre. I just believe that the travel aspect of it. So, for those people that have that have you know that are in healthcare, you guys have, uh, again, it's just a it's you guys have a sense of humor that you I think you need to have in order to kind of get through your day. Correct. And I understand that. Uh, pretty heavily uh, as a father of a, of a patient. So I saw that sort of, that sort of a behavior and I appreciate it and understand why it's there. Then you throw in the dynamic and the, just the, the contra- not controversy, but all the different wrinkles that come from being a traveler, which means you're dealing with your agency, your recruiter, guys and gals like me. You've got potentially a vendor in the middle that we you know, and you've got your new facility. I would imagine that having a sense of humor is kind of, kind of get you through the day in, as a traveler as well.
1: It does, and you got to kind of be prepared for just about anything. You know, I am very much a type A personality. I like a lot of structure and and things like that, but I also am able to take things as they come and not need things to be so rigid. I've always been the type of person, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best, you know, because so many things can happen on travel assignments, you know. I've had many friends who've had their cars broken into, all of their stuff stolen, you know, their cars stolen. And when you're 2,000 miles away from home and anybody that you know, that can be pretty stressful. Right. Contract cancellations. You show up there and then all of a sudden the facility is like, oh, our needs have changed. So we're going to not, we're not going to bring you in tomorrow. And your thought is, is I just spent all this time, all this money. You know, because as a traveler, as you're, you well know, there's a lot of upfront money. You know, there's upfront money from a, the agency perspective, but there's also upfront money from the traveler perspective, yeah. you know? So- I've watched
0: that change actually. I, I've watched, I've been in this industry so long that, I, that I've watched the shift of the responsibility, financial responsibility go from the agency now directly to the traveler. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've been around long enough that it was unheard of for a traveler to take care of his or her own housing. That just wasn't the right. way it used to be. And I will tell you from an agency standpoint, that was the biggest loss that we would ever have. And it happened all the time. And what agencies have done is just said, nope, we're not going to do it anymore. Now you guys get to do it. And they put the onus around the traveler, which I've addressed a few times is is interesting, but it really means that you guys have got to be prepared financially for the things you talked about, for cancellations or for a census to drop and for, for you to be have an assignment ending. I mean, I've, I've done episodes called, you know, guaranteed hours. And I've said nothing's guaranteed. The Nothing. only person's guaranteeing the hours is the traveler that's guaranteeing they're going to do their work as the other two exactly. entities involved don't, don't either care or don't have any influence, I guess, to say lack like yeah. of a better word, but it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of remarkable the attitude and perspective. I think that you, that you are presenting to our audience, I think is, is, a, is to me, Again, I agree. And again, I think most people in my position are going to agree. Yes, you got to go in there and just do your job, right? And it's, it's the normal natural reaction for a CEO of a company or for a recruiter to say that's what they want their traveler to do. But I would imagine right. that for a lot of travelers, that's, it's just probably hard because if you do have a type A personality like you, you do tend to migrate towards people you like. You do want to do some things. I don't know if you travel on your own all the time. If you, When you go to travel, if you're totally alone, I would imagine that would lend itself to kind of being a little bit more hey, I don't really feel like going back to my Airbnb tonight by myself. Maybe I'll see if there's someone's doing something. And that's probably, I guess, where you're walking that fine line. While you want to do it, you also want to make sure you're not crossing that line. And you are there to remember that at the end of the day, no matter how many friends you're making, you're there to make sure that you are filling that schedule, saying, yes, yes I can, yes, I can, I'll do that, you bet more often than 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 saying, oh, I, I don't know, I've got, I've, I've now made some plans with the, with the rest of the group here and now I'm just in their same boat. Yeah.
1: And I do. I travel by myself. Um, I'm single and there are a lot of single travelers out there. And so, you know, you're again, you're on your own. It's up to you and only you. So when you're 2000 miles away from home, you've got to rely on yourself. You know, you have to have kind of a good strong confidence in who you are and what you're made of to get into this. You know, you have to be able to know if I get there and the the facility cancels my contract the day before I'm supposed to start, can I get back home, you know? Um, And there again, it's, you know, goes into really thinking through what comes into traveling. You know, a lot of places will, a lot of travelers will do the Airbnbs and things like that. I've found for me, extended stay hotels tend to work a little bit better because you don't have to put the money up out front. And if my contract gets canceled, I don't lose the money on the Airbnb.
0: Correct. Yeah. And I, there's also a little bit of, a, I've, I've said before, there's a little tiny bit of a social aspect with a, with an extended stay type place. And I'm, I know we're yeah. giving them a plug, but that's okay. You do walk in, there's a lobby there. There's oftentimes a, a continental breakfast for you. That's your dinner, right? Right. <laughs> and you've got some people that maybe are also business travelers that might be there for a longer period of time. I know some of them even have, you know, little happy hours and things like that. So yeah. I, I, I personally think if you're traveling alone... I agree with you i love the extended stay brand or the you know the place where you've got a little bit of a kitchenette but there is that social small social atmosphere at least to get to know the front desk staff i would imagine right you got some safety some security things i also like when it comes to that as well so now let me ask you do you think there is any let's talk about the flip side for a second would Mm -hmm. you see any benefit in not adhering to what you're saying and and jumping in both feet and getting getting really involved with this with the staff and and jumping in with with their politics and their cliques is there any upside to that whatsoever
1: I mean I there again I think that comes back to you know personalities and things like that I have known people who when I've been on assignment they were travelers previously who just happened to you know love where they were at love the area love the facility the staff and they they decided to to move there and and go on staff you know and that's a great thing um again nothing wrong with that
0: right. i think
1: it you know it's all in what you want and you know i as i like to say you never know what life is going to throw at you you never yeah. know when something's just going to feel right and you make a change
0: i yeah, i think that makes sense i'm sure there are some people out there that for whatever reason they happen to have that personality that does lend itself to getting involved and they don't get their feelings hurt and they can get out but I I, again when when we talked about this episode I said I love this topic because I, I wholeheartedly agree I think in my opinion there has been a slight shift and maybe it's because of the the influx of the amount of of new people that are traveling not necessarily that they're new at their at their specialty or at their at their job but new travelers who have a different perception of what it's supposed to be like, and I think they do right. get a little bit upset. It seems like they have been. I've been reading a lot over the last year. Yeah, they tend I to get have. a little bit upset about, you know, just not being included, or you know that they they were surprised at the the standoffishness. I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I always say you have to, you know, use your emotional intelligence and look at it from. A staff, you know, in your case, staff RN's position. I mean, they are there. They're seeing a new Angela, you know, every three months, maybe every six months. Right. And there, there is a tendency that I don't want to get to know this person. I know that he or she's going to be gone in, in thirteen weeks. Right. And I think there that can be perceived as being standoffish. The truth is, they're just they've got life going on. If you were part staff, it'd be a whole different thing. Too. Right. Yeah. They I have I to, be able to, to
1: survive too, and. You know, there again, we all kind of it's human nature to see things from our own perspective Um, over the years and not just in traveling or not just in nursing, but in life in general. I have tried to really before I look at my own perspective, look at the other side of the perspective. What is somebody else seeing? And you touched on that. You know, it's a new Angela every 13 weeks, you know, and. As with anything, there's good and there's bad. You have good travelers, great travelers, mediocre travelers, bad travelers, you know? And so if you happen to go into a facility that has had a bad experience with a traveler or two or three or whatever, and that's now kind of the taste they have in their mouth, yes, unfortunately, you're gonna pay for those mistakes of those previous travelers, and you're gonna have to prove that you're different you know, that you're not that, you know, Sally or Jane that came in and was horrible and just made a big mess of everything, you know. And so they they have their perspective, too. And that's what I has always been my kind of approach is, what are they going through? What can I do to help them? And for me, I have found that that tends to work very well. And it helps to kind of almost disarm them because now they don't feel like I'm coming in with an attitude or, well, I'm just here for 13 weeks and I'm just going to make good money and you're going to be here on staff. And I try not to make that divide as far as our roles go. I want them to know that even though I'm here for a short time, I want to be part of the team to help you out and make things better for you.
0: I did a I did a, a podcast, a different podcast where I had a topic and it was really about traveler wisdom is what I called it. And I said the one hidden thing in the industry that I think is so bizarre is that it seems like there are facilities that don't tap into someone like your experience, someone that's been literally from Arizona to you know to Johns Hopkins and, and done all these different, you know, assignments. Yeah. Does it bother you, and, and again, that's kind of a, a leading question, but does it bother you if you go into an ER and the ED manager doesn't necessarily want to explore what you've learned elsewhere at other facilities that can that help them? That is
1: very common, very common, and yes and no, and I think as new travelers, one of the things that they have a tendency to do is, oh, well, where I was at, we did it this way. Right. And, you know, if I could be completely honest, new facility or, you know, the facilities that you're in, they don't want to hear how somebody else did it. They have their way, you know, they feel that their way is the best approach. And so when you're coming in and saying, well, we did it this way and it would be better if you did it this way, mm-hmm. that to them, I think is an immediate turnoff. They just don't want to hear it. Um, but yes, I do think that there is the downside to that, that those of us who are seasoned travelers, um, we do bring a lot to the table, and that is underutilized in a lot of yeah. times, you know. There's probably and- nothing
0: we can do about that. I just I, I find it interesting, and I've always said that. Well, I haven't always said it. It's actually a relatively new fleeting thought in my pea brain that I've said, man, there's just a lot of missed cross-education. Yeah. and i think you're right i think that if you walk in you know again this goes back to our conversation of your role as a traveler you walk in thinking that you've got all the answers you're going to offend some people that you know maybe you're more educated maybe you've got a, a four-year degree someone else is a two-year degree who knows maybe you've been you've been in the er and you might be dealing with a younger you know manager that's, that's has less experience than you but i do think there's ways and i'm sure you've learned those ways where you can slowly start to especially in the ER, there's so many tricks that you guys have. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's, whether it's, you know, what to drink with, you know, getting a contrast down or you name it, something where you're, you guys have a lot of tricks and things you've learned. And I would imagine that yes. you probably have had examples where people have gone, whoa, what, what'd you just do? And how'd you, where'd you figure that out? And that's probably where it lends itself to helping that, that traveler wisdom come through to that new facility.
1: Yes, I have found that, again, it goes back to approach. If I present it in a certain way, where it's more of, hey, I had this patient the one time and we couldn't get them to do this for the life of us, but when I did this, you know, all of a sudden it changed. And then they're like, Oh, really? Maybe we could give that a try. You know? <laughs> right. And so right. versus me coming in and be like, Well, you know, I've done it this way before and it worked. You know, again yeah, 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 you are right.
0: That's it's more that of like this is the way we do it. Nobody likes right. it. I mean, I can. I've had that. I've had recruiters come to work for me that are like well, this is the way we do it, and I'm like, ooh, I don't, I don't want to learn from your, your company because we, you know, we all think we do it differently and best. So I, right. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Have you noticed? I guess especially recently in the last year, the difference I guess between, again, my agreement with your attitude. I love the attitude that you are there, and I hope people are hearing this from us. That the, the whole idea here is that as a traveler. You have a role to fill. And what our conversation really today is about is making sure that you understand that role. And again, it's not to be demeaning to you. It's mm-hmm. just to really kind of put that in perspective so that you guys understand. I think it'll reduce um, terminations. It will ex- it, it would increase extensions. It will increase the fact that you probably have a number of facilities that you know, if they had an opening, you would be able to be ca- you know called back in a heartbeat if you would yeah. choose to go back there. So my question is, have you noticed a difference between, I guess, seasoned and unseasoned travelers and their approach to a travel assignment, especially in the last year?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, those Again, those of us who have been doing it a long time, we learned the hard way. You know, we made our mistakes and figured out what works for us and what doesn't, um, and, and knowing what to expect and what not to expect. Um, but the younger travelers, you know, and not necessarily younger in age, right. but just younger in traveling. I think traveling for a certain degree was kind of made to be like this glamorous life. Mm -hmm. And you only saw the good. And as you see in the, the Facebook posts, people were very shocked. Like, I can't believe this happened. What do they mean? Why sign a contract if they're not going to uphold it? And that's, you know, goes to the dark side of, of traveling and all the things that can go wrong. Um, and like I said, for those of us who have been doing it, we understand this game. For those of them that are just coming in, that's kind of why I agreed to you know, be working with you because I want to be able to kind of give some advice or some points or whatever. And you, know, you can take it or you can not take it. You can say this wouldn't work for me or it would work for me. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I've always felt that the most important and powerful thing in our lives is knowledge with knowledge and education we can do anything and we can change anything so if my information that i'm helping to get out there helps one traveler say well maybe i might try this a little differently on my second assignment mm-hmm. or maybe wow i didn't even think about that i really should do something like that or i should have a kind of a bankroll behind me how am i going to get home if they cancel this you know so i want it to be something that people look at as useful information take what you need disregard what you don't because not every assignment is the same not every person is the same not every facility is the same um but i do think that because of the glamour part of traveling has been what has been put out there you know traveling to the virgin islands and you know guam and all these beautiful exotic places is fabulous but understand that there is, there's a different side as well. And you need to kind of understand that and understand what your role is in this whole thing and that you're not part of their family. You're going to get the crappy patients. You're going to be treated, you know, in a sense of feeling bullied or, or being taken advantage of, you know, but again, why are you there?
0: Right. your perception you is that's okay. In? It's okay to have that stuff because right. hopefully you're making you're making the, the money that you want to make or for whatever reason you're you're you you're not necessarily a, a money motivated people a lot are and I I think there's no problem with that. A lot of travelers right. are embarrassed that they're financially driven and motivated. I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. You should not be ashamed of being financially motivated. I think there are people that are location motivated. There's you know people Absolutely. just want to see stuff or they maybe want to find their their permanent place. You've got a unique motivation that you really are there because you've got that that desire to help that facility, which, you know, again, there's probably Trevor's like, that's the last thing I want to do, right? Facilities right. are the evil empire, so to speak. Right. But I would imagine that, again, our, our point today and your point, and I, I really do agree with you, is that I think going into an assignment with the right head, the right perspective is going to give a lot more out of it. And I think that's why we're having the conversation today, And this is a conversation, again, that I've never seen Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody from my side of the desk, somebody from your side of the desk, having an open, honest conversation about what it's like to go out there and how you can change your perspective and your perception of what the assignment is going to be, which will end up actually helping you to extend, to stay, to to get a lot more out of the assignment. I mean, attitude, as we all know, is everything. If you go in saying, I'm going to be a can-do traveler and you decide you're going to be that, I, I just kind of would imagine that at the end of the day, you feel better. You've, you've pat yourself on the back. Even if the facility's not patting on the back, the manager's not saying that you know darn well that you've kicked butt for that facility, and you've done exactly what they've asked for and then some. I would think that that would be very motivating and very, uh, I guess, it would kind of complete the whole lifestyle of being a traveler. and. Right. Yeah, there's great stuff that can happen outside of the facility. You can go in hot air balloons and you can ride horseback on a beach if you happen to be on one and all the things that are the glamorous stuff that people like to post out there. But when you're there from, you know, those 12 hours or those eight hours, when you're in there, you're there to show them that you were, they, they hired okay. the right person. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a wonderful attitude and something that I think more travelers, if they thought that way would get more out of it. I think they would stay with traveling longer. If they, I think it's like you're saying, I'm not really saying it very clearly, but it's the expected anticipation of what it's supposed to be like. If you can get rid of what you think it's going to be like and get down to the nuts and bolts of what it actually is. I would imagine that your fulfillment is going to feel a lot better at the end, at the end of the assignment.
1: Exactly. And it goes back to the whole transparency topic, you know, that you've been talking about and that I feel very strongly about. Um, and that goes both ways. I have on many assignments and on many occasion, educated staff about what it really is like as a traveler. And maybe we're not making as much as you really think we are. Right. And I have absolutely shared, you know, with certain staff in certain circumstances and situations, what I'm making, you know, because they don't understand as travelers, We have to duplicate our expenses. You know, I have to prove to the IRS and my accountant that I am duplicating my mortgage and, you know, my housing expenses here in my home state and when I travel. You know, so when a staff member says, you know, sits down and, well, you're making this much money a week. And then I run the numbers for them and I say, yes, I am. But here's what else I have to do. And I said, so if you take, your monthly expenses, and you doubled those. I said, I'm really not making any more than you are at the end of the day. Right. Well, you they know?
0: also probably see the bill rate, the manager may know I'm paying, let's say a hundred bucks or you know, let's go back to pre-COVID, I'm even paying right. $90 an hour. So that ED director, she or he's saying, man, Angela's really killing it. They don't realize yeah. how much your agency is taking. Nowadays, right. it's 26%, uh, you know, let's talk about the big guys up to over so 30% now. Yeah, yeah, so they're taking that, so that's gone. The Uncle Sam gets some and you're taxable. So it, it is, you're right, it's it's also about educating, I think people as to what it really, what you're really bringing home. Yes, you should be making more money because you don't have a job in 13 weeks. Actually, you and I both know you don't have a job tomorrow, tomorrow. if something changes, right? And that's right. the sad truth about our, our industry. But I think that it's really good that people are getting a little bit of a taste from you on assignment, really what, what it's like. I mean, sure, it should be I mean, I hope it's glamorous in, in the in the in the event or the way that you're enjoying where you are and where and what you're doing and, and the things that happen outside of the facility. Right. But you know, for the most part, it, it is a job. It's just like I've said before, you're you're a healthcare provider, but now you're a traveling healthcare care provider, which is a really different job. Than yes. Anything else is, and I, I love your perspective. And I hope today was helpful for people. I hope they really got what we were talking about. This was just one of those topics that I think is important that people understand that if you can go into an added a facility, an assignment, with the attitude that you are there to do a certain fulfill a certain role and to fulfill a certain need that that facility has, and that is primarily your fundamental and only job to do. While that sounds like we're 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 down to you know playing everything. It really isn't. It is actually yeah. uplifting. The rest of your assignment is going to kind of take on a life of its and become naturally better because you understand, in your opinion, what your perspective is of that of that role and your role right. as a traveler.
1: We are contract workers for a reason, and with contract work, you have good and you have bad. And we take it because we're willing to accept both the good and the bad. And for whatever reason, for every individual, you know, the good has outweighed the bad on some level. And that's individual to each individual traveler, why they choose it versus staying staffed somewhere. And that's something that you need to think about. And I, you know, as we noticed in the past year with the COVID, a lot of people left their staff jobs and when those rates were gone i felt in the what i was seeing out there in posts and things like that was probably a lot of shock
0: like right. what do they
1: mean like they they once just the
0: money wore off, off right? right once the money started dropping back yeah. down it's kind of everything kind of went well wait a minute this isn't this isn't quite about. it was glamorous when you're making ten thousand right. dollars a week on on you know and, and dealing with whatever you're dealing with but you're also working your right. fanny off but exactly i think that that probably went away it's it's i just i think it's I think for those people that the bad is outweighing the good, your conversation, your attitude could be beneficial to maybe, like I said, recheck your 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 attitude, check your head, and maybe go into this next one with more of your attitude, and let's see what happens. And I think that any traveler that's not trying to up their travel game would be crazy. So those of you out there that are listening to this that are saying, I am continually having issues where I'm not maybe being extended, I'm certainly maybe even being terminated early, I'm having a lot of trouble with, with you know getting along with staff, maybe think about the way you're going into the assignment and consider this alternative or this, you know, I guess, open conversation about maybe put yourself in a role of, I am here to do a job and I'm gonna do it the best I can and then I'm gonna be done and go do another job at another facility as well as I did this one. I think is the right attitude.
1: And we all know that there are facilities out there, you know, some just aren't traveler friendly
0: nope. and that's
1: okay, you know, and just make note. And, you know, those of us in the travel world, we try to recognize those facilities, but I agree if if you're seeing in yourself that certain things are occurring, maybe try to adjust the approach or the thought process or your own attitude and see if it makes a difference. You know, some things you can change, some things you can't. And I've always been a, you know, a person who believes if I can change what I can change to make a difference, then for me and my personal life and my personal feelings, then it's worth it. And I would hope that everybody does, you know, the same. And again, I don't expect this to be, you know, a cookie cutter, you know, end all be all for everybody, but just some advice that maybe somebody says, hey, I didn't even think about it like that.
0: Perfect. That's what this whole this whole series and this whole show is all about. Well, I really appreciate awesome. it today. Thanks for joining me. I hope to have you on again. And, Absolutely. Um, wonderful topic. I think it's good. Hopefully, it'll get people out there listening. So, thanks for joining us today. I really You're appreciate welcome. it.
1: Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day.
0: Okay. Well, that was I think I think that was a, that was really informative. I enjoyed I enjoyed talking with Angela about this. Like I said early on when I was interviewing her and we were talking, was that this is something I can't talk at all about, right? I'm not a traveler, as you guys know. So I love this sort of a a relationship on Travel Evolved that allows me and a traveler to have a conversation openly and candidly about, I guess, things that that we don't always talk about. And that's what I love about today's episode, and that was just a a chance and opportunity to have a discussion I know some of you may not agree with what Angela and I were talking about. Uh, That's perfectly fine. I think that's actually healthy to do, like I've always said. But I do think there's some merit there, and I just want some people that maybe aren't going into travel assignments with this kind of a mindset, and maybe they have a different frame of mind. Maybe it's the glamorous one we talked about. Maybe it's just things are going to be a little different than what you think. I I believe if you kind of consider what Angela has incorporated into her Routine on on what she feels like when she walks into that hospital, that facility on day one, it just might change some things for you. A, a lot of people lately have been expressing a lot of frustration about being terminated early or just disenchantment, and a lot of it has gone toward the facility more recently. And I think there's reasons behind that based upon the last year we've all experienced. However, I, I do I do think that what she was saying there's just a ton of good information there, and I I'm just gonna tell you I mean. Again, transparently, that I'd, it, it will help, I think, the industry if more travelers had an attitude like that. I understand that it's it's not always your cup of tea and always the way that you want to do things. You may not want to do it that way. But if you're able to, I, I think it's going to lend itself to a much more fulfilling assignment and therefore a more evolved travel experience, which is the whole point of why you guys are tuning in, I hope. so. Again, I, I, love the, I love talking about things that not everyone's willing to talk about and having open discussions, and I can't thank Angela enough for joining us. I'd love to have her back. She was a great guest, real smart, very knowledgeable, exactly what we look for here on Travel Evolved. So, guys, as always, we appreciate it this week. I hope it was helpful, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you and seeing you guys on the next episode of Travel Evolved.